ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 334th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're gonna, we've spent a lot of time this offseason talking about the offense, so, certainly with Matt Ryan leaving and all the changes over there. That's been warranted. But we do not want to neglect the defensive side of the ball. And so today we're going to title this episode, Key Issues Facing the Falcons Defense. Now, um, we're going to look at the defense at all three levels. You know, the up front, then the linebacker group, and then the secondary group. They have major issues on all three levels. And so we're going to hear from defensive coordinator Dean Pease. We're going to hear from Ted Monacino, the outside linebacker coach. And we're going to hear from the assistant defensive line coach, Lanier Gothy. And uh, also I have some quotes from Frank Bush about the linebacker group that we'll, we'll cover. So we're going to cover all the major issues facing this defense. And it makes sense to start off with the defensive coordinator. Here's defensive coordinator Dean Pease breaking down how this defense will be different from last year's defense. The guys that are back kind of know what to expect. They know what we're really looking for. Um, last year, I'd say we put in at the end of the year maybe 60% of the defense that we really want to run. This year's going to be 100%. We're going to we're going a lot, you know. So I because I just didn't feel like there were some things last year that we were probably going to be able to digest and be able to do. I didn't want to give us, you know, the good thing is we didn't give up a lot of big plays last year. You know, we did a great job of keeping the ball inside and in front of us and not giving up big plays. And part of that was because maybe we didn't overload them. Well, I think we've learned enough now that we can kind of not overload them, but we can add a lot more to it to be a little more aggressive than maybe we were last year. There he is, Coach Dean Pease. We're going to look at uh, some of his analysis there later. You know, not being able to give up big plays, uh, 60% to 100%. Uh, you know, they, um, you know, cut it back a little bit so the guys could play at the level he wanted them to play at. And, uh, you know, we're going to look at some of the numbers to substantiate his claim that they didn't give up big plays. One of the keys for the Falcons to get from 60% to 100% of what Coach Dean Pease is talking about, it's going to be how they learn the new scheme. It's also about learning, you know, how fast can they learn, how do they learn. So you're kind of trying to take those guys from what you learned about them in the, when we were scouting them, is this guy, how does this guy learn, what's the best way to teach him? Yep, no question about it. One of the guys they're going to be doing a lot of teaching with this offseason uh, and in training camp is rookie linebacker Troy Anderson. The second-round pick out of Montana State, played quarterback, uh all kinds of stuff in uh, high school and college. So, you know, they just need him to learn how to play linebacker here in Atlanta. 
So we also asked Coach Pease about getting second-round pick linebacker Troy Anderson ready to play at the NFL level. We just need him to learn how to play linebacker. I don't need him to learn how to play quarterback anymore. But from that perspective, I think that is a good additive because he's now seen the other side of it and kind of knows what the quarterback's looking at. So when you talk to him in certain things about defense, then he can understand, yeah, that's how the quarterback sees it. Yeah, no question about it. So that that does give him an interesting uh, perspective. Now, uh, one little comment caught me off guard a little bit. I had to go back and look up the big plays when uh, you know he said that we kept him kept the ball in front of us. We didn't give up a lot of big plays. That is true. It's one of the better attributes of last year's defense. Um, and I have their numbers here from the SharpFootballAnalysis.com website. Their explosive pass rate was 19th in the league. They gave up 51 pass plays at 20 yards or more over at 587 plays. So that was 9%. That's 19. And so y'all know right here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, you got to get in the top 16 first before that's uh, acceptable. And then, you know, to go to playoffs, we need to see you in the top 10. So that, that, that's that's in the middle. That's close enough to 16 for us to say, okay, good job on that. Explosive run rate uh, was 13th in the league on 56 plays of 10 yards or more on 100, 519 plays. So 56 of 519, 11%, 13th in the league. So, um, you know, those are, those are good numbers on the big play part. So what they did... Because, you know, the scoring is the big number on defense. They, they were 29th in scoring. So they gave up points, but not big plays. So what they did last year while playing 60% of the defense, is they made people go slow. People didn't just rip up and down the field on them. Uh, they made them sustain drives and, and score it that way. You know, now the task will be, as they're trying to get to 100% of the defense, the task is going to be, not making them go slow, it's getting stops. You got to get some stops and uh, to a lesser degree, at least hold them to some field goals. So that's where they're at. You know, people scored the 29th most points in the league on them, had a couple lopsided ones early where things got away from them. Uh, the Dallas game was ridiculous. Uh, you know, the player gets hurt right in, in – uh, in, in warm-ups, and then your secondary is all in disarray, and you got got a guy out there chasing around C.D. Lamb. And so that was just a bad day, but, you know, the numbers are what they were. They played 17 games and finished 29th in the league in scoring defense. Got to go from making them go slow to getting stops and or at least holding them to some field goals uh, and not the touchdown. So that's going to be the challenge as we look at the um, overall defense here. So, of course, we're going to start up front with the edge rushers. Uh, Coach Monachino is um, it's always a joy to talk to him and talk a little bit of uh, football history and uh, so forth with regards to the edge rushers. He's had some of the best in the game. So, you know, he's got some to develop now. His whole room has flipped a little bit. He's got second-year guys. He's got a couple rookies. He's got a veteran in Lorenzo Carter. But let's let's talk to Coach Monachino here about his edge rusher group. The group is fun to work with. They all love ball. Uh, 
and it makes sense to him. Mm -hmm. So there hasn't been a lot of times that we've had to go back and repeat. We continue to, to sharpen things and to clean things up. That's that's going to go on forever in our sport. But uh, all of them are willing, and they all learn well. So that's a good thing. Um, Lorenzo's great. It's good to have the veteran in the group and mm -hmm. that uh, has been down some of these roads before, and football's really easy for him. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, the two young guys, the, the – the two draft choices and then the undrafted free agent are all going to fit in just fine. So it's a good group. Yeah, no question about it. Um, the big name here in the rookie class is Arnold Ebukati. We got his pronunciation. We've been working all summer on that. So proud of that. Slap myself on the back. Way to go. Arnold, he's, uh, he's got him and he's got D'Angelo Malone. Let's hear what uh, Coach Monticino has to say about these two rookies. He's twitchy and explosive. He's got strength and length. Uh, and he's a guy that's effort-filled and plays like a tough guy, which I think is the more time you spend around Coach Smith, the more you know that he values that. Uh, so he was a, a really good Falcon fit. And he's just like all of them. They're in the process of becoming something, and, and that's where Arnold is. He's in the process right now of deciding what we're going to be and what how he's going to fit in and uh he's not he's willing to do it all and uh, we're going to keep pushing him that way yeah no question about it d'angelo malone uh played at western kentucky he uh played all over the place and uh you know one of the issues is he, he keeps saying his weight and uh the falcons are listing him at 243 uh monachino says he's 235 uh, you know, he's probably trying to, to get up to 250, 255, but, um, you know, uh, the weight is the one thing that we keep hearing. But he's a football player. was making a lot of football plays at Western Kentucky. So what does Monticino think of Malone, who could be considered a little undersized at this level? Well, just like Arnold, D'Angelo's a football player at heart. You mm -hmm. can tell how much a guy loves ball by how he plays on tape and and he loves football, and you can tell because he plays with great effort and explosiveness, and um, he plays like a leader. Uh, all of those things are there; those are easy to see. The things that we liked about him in the process uh, was that he did so many things from a variety standpoint. He won a lot of different ways in a one-on-one -on -one pass rush situation. He was part of the coverage some. He was a off-the-ball blitzer some. So he did a lot of things, some variety that we have with him mm -hmm. uh, that don't that doesn't usually happen with mm -hmm. college football players. Usually they're kind of pigeonholed into a spot, and that's where they play. Mm -hmm. But uh, this kid did it all at West Kentucky. And he, he said he needed to pick up weight. He looks big enough to me. Yeah. When I saw him, I mean, I know I always base everybody on John Abraham being 255. Right. Is, is, this, is that an issue? I think we all base everything on John Abraham <laughs> being 255. D'Angelo is as, as good-looking a 235-pound kid I've ever worked with. He is strong, and he's long, and he's athletic. Um, he is a guy that is a really lean player and mm -hmm. he's young still so uh, at some point that grown man gene is going to kick in and he's going to start to gain some of that body mm -hmm. weight that, that John played with but uh, right now I think D'Angelo's in a great place physically mm -hmm. I know that um, because of his metabolism and the way that his body operates this is going to be a process for him to ever get to that number okay. uh, but right now it's it's really not so much about what he weighs as it is about how he plays all right, no question about it. They don't they don't stick to the measurables sometimes. They think the guy can play some ball because uh, uh, Arnold is uh, a little bit smallish on the defensive end side, but, you know, they knew Elvis Dumerville was small like that. 
you know, 235 for a linebacker, that might be just fine, right? Right now, um, you know, with everybody going smallish and throwing the ball a lot. So we'll keep an eye on D'Angelo. And uh, the other thing is the versatility, because usually for years they get the uh, linebackers and they have to teach them to drop. Uh, you know, they couldn't do it. But, uh, you know, or it just looked on orthodox. Vic Beasley was one. Uh, you know, they trying to drop him in the Super Bowl. But uh, this kid has dropped already. So he's played off the edge. He's played straight up linebacker, uh, defensive end, dropped into coverage. So he comes a little bit uh, better prepared than some of his predecessors in years past. So, um, also, you know, we, we've talked about Ade Jay. We did all the numbers on him in our review and so forth. You know, played nearly a 1,000 snaps. Uh, so, you know, uh, the natural question is, hey, the year one to year two jump for him, what is that looking like? So, uh, we asked Coach Monachino, hey, what should we expect from Ade Jay in year two? He probably overachieved last year, mm -hmm. and in that time, you know, through 17 games, was able to figure out the things he needed to work on to be better. And he's done a great job over the winter of getting better at a lot of things from a movement standpoint. Uh, we would expect him to take a major step forward. And he's preparing out here in these practices like that's what he's ready to do. I didn't see the production, um, the tackles or uh, or uh, sack-wise. But, but he was out there and he didn't get beat up. So uh, Coach Monchino said he overachieved last year. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that. They definitely need help on the defensive end, the outside rushing. Got to stop the run. Uh, just like we said, uh, got to get to the quarterback. You know, you know, slowing people down is not going to be good enough, especially against the schedule that they have. Uh, one last thing here before we go to break. The uh, Von Miller Pass Rush Summit was last weekend. Our guy, Dr. Pass Rush, Chuck Smith, was there working with Von and a lot of young players. Uh, and so forth, um, you know, no Falcons uh, participated this year. One was uh, scheduled but canceled. Uh, so, um, you know, but that's always a good thing to look forward in the summer. Other other position groups are, are copying that, and we saw the tight end group have their summit last year, and I think that'll be coming up. Uh, I think it was in Nashville last year. We'll see where they go this year with the tight ends. But the pass rush summit, Von Miller, who's – off to Buffalo this season uh, after winning the Super Bowl ring with the Rams. He's 1-1 with Denver. Uh, he's off to Buffalo this year. But the Pass Rush Summit was held this week, past weekend. And, uh, you know, that's always a good thing to see the guys working out, working on their craft. And that our guy here from Atlanta, Dr. Dr. Pass Rush himself, Big Chuck Smith, who's not Big Chuck anymore. He's slim and fit Chuck. I'm trying to get there, too. This is the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, 334th episode. We're going to go up front here with a new name for you all. During the pandemic, we didn't get to meet all of the new assistants and so forth, not all of them. One of them we didn't get to meet was Lanier Gothy. Uh He's the assistant defensive line coach for the Falcons. It's his second season with the team after 12 uh, years coaching in college. You know, um, folks down in South Georgia know him already. He's from Baxley, played uh, outside linebacker at Ole Miss from 1999 to 2002. And then, uh, you know, he graduated from Ole Miss in 03 with a degree in marketing, uh, later earned a master's degree from Ole Miss uh, in higher education administration. And he's married to the former Kiana Starks, Kiana Starks. So, um, Lanier's up there with Coach Gary Emanuel, and that's the most important, you know, the offensive line, defensive line, you know, they kind of split it here with outside linebackers and tackles. But, I mean, that's where the real fighting goes on in the National Football League. And it's such a tough job, and, and to find the right combination of guys up there to make it go uh, is, is key and is vital. So, Lanier's job working with Coach Emanuel is – very important to anything the Falcons are going to do. They got a lot of new guys up there. Got some young guys that need to step forward, and they got Grady Jarrett. So that's always uh, good to, you know, it's a good mixture this time of year. Guys are going to get hurt up front, so you're going to have to have you some depth and so forth. So we also talked to, um, you know, here's, uh, you know, Coach Lanier, and we talked to him about his philosophy and working up front with Coach Manuel. Keeping things simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping things simple to allow the players a chance to play fast. Mm-hmm. And he, he likes to say it a lot. I mean, you know, the, you ha- actually have to work it. So mm-hmm. don't just talk about it. You actually have to find drills and practice and work it so they mm-hmm. learn how to execute it mm-hmm. to where they're not thinking. They just react. Yep, he wants them, you know, thinking, not re- reacting. Uh, that's a common football deal, but very important up front. We want to know what's it like Playing defensive line at the NFL level, what has he learned about that? Learning the plays and all of that stuff is the easy stuff. But when you got six, seven hundred pounds across from you trying to take your head off, that's a whole different ball game. So it, it definitely takes a, a tough mindset and to be able to execute and play defensive line at this level. Yeah, no, no question about it. If you're the nose tackle, you got that 600-pound guy coming at you because it's the guard in the center. Uh, how do you survive that? How do you split that? How do you power through that? Uh, you know, that's a battle in itself. You know, everybody likes watching the running backs and uh, defensive back. They're the pretty boys. But uh, down and distance, uh, you know, up front, you know, if that, that tackle gets through, uh, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, destroy things. So people are coming at them up front, and no question about it. And the Falcons, we're going to go over the depth chart later, but a couple guys have been uh, pointed out to us that need to, you know, they need to see what they can do this year up front. Uh, so we asked uh, Coach Gothi, uh, what should we expect from Marlon Davidson and Tyquan Grant? we got a really exciting group. I mean, um, expecting big things out of TQ and, and Marlon as well. But the guys that we brought in um, through uh, free agency or whatever, right. we're, we're expecting big things out of them too. No question about it. They, yeah, they got a, you need you got three rolling on every play. You need to rotate six. 
So you need to have nine ready to go, uh, you know, after everybody been through COVID and injuries and understand the practice squads are going to stay the same. I forgot where I heard at the league owners meeting. Uh, so that that's a good thing. I don't know. They got to work out the mechanics on that. But for a young guy in his second year in the NFL, we wanted, wanted to know uh, from Coach Gothi, what has it been like working with Grady Jarrett? It's just one of those things to where, I mean, he, he, he's a natural leader. When you talk about somebody who actually walked the walk and talked the talk, I mean, he, he's, the, he's the perfect example of that. I mean, he comes to work every day, and he plays with energy and passion, and it shows, and the rest of the team are able to feed off of him. All right, so there it is. Uh, Coach Gothie discussing the uh, defensive linemen. So we've covered the linemen. We kind of covered the secondary with Coach Pease. And uh, next up would be the linebacker group, the inside linebacker group. You know, there's something going on there. Uh, you know, Deion Jones is, uh, you know, out with the shoulder. So they got to prepare that he might not be there. So, and, and you know, there's some, some other speculation out there that hasn't been substantiated. But, um, you know, Coach Smith said he's got a shoulder and expects him back at training camp. So we're going to stay with that. So we talked to Coach Frank Bush, who's um, from uh, Athens, of course, Clark Central, played at NC State, former uh, fifth-round pick of the Houston Oilers back in the day. Uh, so we wanted to know about his group, but uh, we I have the quotes here, and I'm just going to read him, uh, read his quotes uh, from Coach Bush. Uh, we had a couple different platforms on the sound, so we'll just go with his quotes. Uh, on the group as a whole, I'm, we feel good about the group. That is here. All these kids are in here working and trying to find a way to improve themselves and get better. When you look at this group, the amount of guys that we got and how they are built physically, we believe that we can put a solid group together. There's going to be some good competition, which is going to make the entire room better. So the big question for his group is uh, Troy Anderson, the Montana State kid, and how fast you can get him ready and so forth. Or do you, you know, let him learn, play him on special teams, bring him along? Um, that's, the, that's the route I expect because they did that with uh, Richie Grant. He was trying to make the jump up from UCF to the NFL. Troy's trying to make the same jump, same round. Uh, makes sense to me. So, But here's what Coach Bush had to say about Troy Anderson. You have to find the things that will help him get to the athlete. Okay, he's athletic. He's got to learn how to play linebacker now. Uh, the Right now, he's in a learning mode. He's trying to figure the thing out. Although we like him as a linebacker, that's where he played well at Montana State. He does not know our language. We've got to teach him, school him up on how we do things. The faster he learns stuff, the faster you'll see the player on the field. He's trending. He's doing the right things. I can only say good things about the kid. He's humble. He's there to learn every day. He doesn't take anything for granted. He started to show his skill set. He's starting to show his skill set the more that he learns. That's positive, I think, for a rookie and a veteran coach that, you know, Coach Bush is going to shoot you straight here. So, uh, and then the other things, hey, can he, you know, he's a second-round pick. He's got to play three downs. Uh, not so fast there, buddy. 
Uh, Coach Bush, here's what he had to say about Anderson being a third down player, a three down player. Everything is a process. We're going to find a way to get the best guys on the field. If Troy is one of those best guys, he'll find himself out there. You don't want to give him the MVP yet. We don't want to discard him just yet. But it's a process. And I like where he is in the process. He's a humble kid. He said that a second time. He's extremely intelligent. We're going to stay with the process. We'll see where it comes out. I'm happy with him. But it's a difficult process that he's got to go through. So, those are some pretty strong comments from uh, linebacker coach Bush. And we'll look at uh, the process and where he's got to go as we wrap up here in 334th episode. We're going to review the defensive depth chart as it stands here today, uh, heading into the last week of OTAs and into the veteran mandatory minicamp next uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So up front, at nose tackle, I'm flipping Vincent Taylor and Anthony Rush, I think, tomorrow. But they're the nose tackles uh, in the middle of this thing. And Timothy Horn is behind that. I got Grady Jarrett and Tyquan Anderson at the defensive ends. Uh, Grady backed up by Marlon Davidson. And then uh, uh, they like the Derek Tangelo. He's, uh, he's up there. I got Nick Thurman and Bryce Rogers. Okay, so outside linebackers, uh, let's go with the starters or projected starters. You know, Lorenzo Carter at right outside. I'm not moving Deion Jones, but Michael Walker is working there now in the offseason. Rashawn Evans is at the other spot, and Ade Agundaje. Okay, and the other combination I saw was Anderson and Etheridge. But Anderson uh, in for Walker and Etheridge be uh, with Anderson and the odd man the last man out the last man six on the inside is Nate Landman Nate Landman so you got three deep there and at uh, Lorenzo Carter's uh, right outside linebacker spot you got Lorenzo Jordan Brailford and Arnold Ibikute okay and uh, on Audie's side you got Quentin Bell Rashawn Smith D'Angelo Malone and Coney Digg Dean, so you're going to see a lot of these guys on the practice squad. Quentin Bell's about ready to play. He's been around a long time out of Michigan State and uh, looks the part. So, I mean, they kept him over Walter, so that says a little bit of something. And uh, we were talking with Cunningham earlier today. He's like, well, they got two better cornerbacks. I was like, yeah, we need to see Casey Hayward. We'll get to see Casey next week. I think he's talking to our intern here later today for a story we've been working on. Uh, so maybe we'll have that for you on Sunday, too. But, uh, yeah, Casey Hayward at 32 is better than Fabian Monroe. They let him go. Uh, and at safety, they let uh, Deron Harmon go. So your, your secondary looks like uh, A.J. Terrell at left, Jalen Hawkins at uh, free safety, uh, and Richie Grant at strong safety. Now, Coach told me that they don't do free safety, strong safety. They do right safety, left safety. So, if Richie Grant's near the line of scrimmage, he's going to be the uh, traditional strong. 
if Jalen goes up there, then we'll make him the traditional strong. But if he stays back, we're going to call him traditional right, free safety, whether it's right or left. Uh, but they do have some some depth behind there that we've been, you know, told to look look at. So let's uh, let me go back to AJ Terrell. You got Darren Hall behind him. Mike Ford was the name that alerted us. Been alerted to Ballantyne, uh, Cornell Armstrong, and Lafayette Pitts. Okay, now on the other side you got Isaiah Oliver. Uh, who could come back and win his nickel spot, but he's going to probably have to beat out D. Alford. D. Alford is a good pickup that they, uh, the pro department signed, and uh, they believe he can play. Also, Matt Han Hankins. That's another name we've been alerted to about, um, you know, being able to play. And so, you know, a lot of familiar names are gone. Oh, Kendall Sheffield, he's out of here. Uh, you know, some of the Deron Harmon's gone. Uh, Fabian Monroe played over – those guys played over 2,000 steps together last year, so they they uh, are definitely trying to improve the secondary. But free safeties behind Jalen Hawkins, you got Eric Harris and Brad Hawkins. Uh, behind Richie Grant, you got Tease Tabor and Trey Webb, one of the kids they signed in off of a tryout. Tease Tabor has been a good special teams guy. Speed's been his uh, problem since he came out of Florida. Um you know, but a, a good backup for Richie Grant at strong safety. And Eric Harris is a good backup at free. And if, um, you know, something happens to the younger guys, they, they got some veterans behind them. And, you know, you can do more with your nickel and dime stuff, too, uh, with veteran defensive backs. So with that, we're going to say uh, take care and have a great Rest of your week, we got the uh, OTAs coming up on Thursdays, then the man mandatory minicamp. Mandatory minicamp, last event of the offseason, uh, 14th, 15th, and 16th, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. And then we'll, you know, break for the offseason, and uh, they'll come back in late July for training camp. So with that, take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.